on this week's show. Finding their feet in the Isthmian League South East after beating the league leaders, we hear from Sheppard United player boss Jack Midson. It's only so long you can leave it and, and be loyal and then sort of need to uh, cover your own back and, and do what's best for the football club. Flying high at the top of the table and plans in place for a new stadium. CEO Damien Irvine discusses the feel-good factor at Ebbsfleet United. The players work so hard and, and, and Dennis has, has got them so well drilled that they're delivering on the pitch in a nice brand and an entertaining afternoon. And an 8-0 away win against the league leaders. Southern Town boss Luke Wallens tells us all about it. The plan of day was to go, go and get three points. Um, I didn't quite expect that um, but we did well um, to our chances. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. And we've got three cracking interviews for you this week from steps two, four and six, and we hope that you're going to enjoy them all. Uh, I'm John Phipps, you managed to make the most of an unwanted hour at East Croydon on Sunday night. And on the line now is a man who this weekend is ignoring these rampantly informed whites to go and watch what we all hope is going to be an FA Cup upset. Matt Gerrard, how are you, my friend? Good, mate. Good, mate. Yeah, very, very, um, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm um my health is getting a little bit better as well after my issues I have, which is always good. So um, apart from that, yeah, it was um, countdown to my trip as well coming up. But um, that's coming up shortly, isn't it? So that's the excitement as well. And of course, speaking to you, John, is always good. I highlight of your week every week, aren't I? Uh, well, well, late night, mate. There's nobody else I'd like to speak to late night on a late evening. It's not like it's not like some sort of dodgy phone line that I've got here. You know, we've not set up that sort of thing, mate. Right. It's just a uh, you know. The, the, the days of one o'clock are gone now, so uh, we are late night pod. So maybe we can be a bit more uh, shouty and sweary if we want. No, to. I don't but think that's how it works because the way that podcast works as a medium, and you may not be aware of this, is people can listen to it whenever they want. Oh, and, good point. Uh, yes. If we yeah, F and Jeff, there's a special button I have to press, and I don't think that would go well. No, that's true. But I, I, you, I, yeah, I do. F and Jeff a bit too much but no yeah I'm all good so October so don't like it getting dark though so I used to like can't take the dog on the beach soon which is disappointing because he loves chasing her ball can you not get like a ball with a get a, a collar with a light on it and get yeah, one of those well, yeah, balls we, with a light in it we discussed that one of the, the balls that um, lights up so we might do that so we can still go to the beach because I, I hate losing tennis balls but uh, we'll get in there but, uh, on that but, yeah so apart from that yeah it's uh, another another day, another dollar, isn't it? Absolutely. I was just saying before we started recording, I was I went down the beach on Monday afternoon. It was beautiful down there. Just sat down there uh, for for an hour, just uh, watching the world go by, chatting, having a, it was it was lovely. And you know what? We've got to make the most of this beautiful weather while it's still here because the rain is coming, isn't it? And it's I think the forecast is terrible uh, for the next uh, few weeks, but. Um, I think I've made the most of this summer. I've been down to the beach so many times. And to be honest, uh, Monday was was pretty much the perfect finale to the summer. So uh, fingers crossed everything's going to be going in the right direction from here on in anyway. Well, yeah, still haven't had to bring out the big hope for the football. But again, I think the next few weeks might have to be if I'm anyway. So. Absolutely. It's our 229th episode this week. And that is the name of a music venue in central London. The name is not a mystery. It's at 229 Great Portland Street. And despite I've been to a few venues in London, uh, it's not one that's ever cropped up for me before. Uh, this week, the venue hosts Red, uh, Talent Bang Party, Dancers Delight, Stevie James, and trust me, you will not believe how that is spelt, uh, and Geelong Thubton, who presents me- Meditation in the 21st Century on Saturday night. And that, to be fair, sounds a lot better than the big show that they've got next Saturday of 
Harry Oki, the Harry Styles and One Direction mass sing-along. Uh, I think I'm going to pass on that one. Would you like to guess, Matt, how Stevie James is spelt? S-T-E-V-E-Y-J-A-M-Z. You're, you're not far off the surname. The first name is S-T-E-E-V-I, and then the surname is J-A-I-M-Z. Stevie James. Quite well. Uh, yeah, is, is that a popular popular beat combo? Is it? Never heard of him, uh, but I just uh, I found that quite interesting. Do, do, do you not fancy Harry Oki? I do like. Um, Sorry, were you going to say you do like a bit of One Direction? I do like a bit of One Direction. Yeah. If you'd like to host Ken Only podcast, then please get in touch on Twitter. There's some um, absolute bangers they've got there on because um, my yeah, I, I've got no problem with One Direction songs. So. And I still think is uh, Harry Styles. Some of his new songs aren't bad either. So there you go. He was in that film but, I went to see the other, James, he, he? he was in that film I went to see the other week, Harry Styles. Uh, his yeah. performance was uh, at best wooden. Uh, and it was one of those roles you, I think that they probably thought they were going to just cast. Uh, well, he, well, he was recast into the role. And it looked to me like a little bit like they might have um, tried to get him to be American. And then at the end, just gave up. And halfway through, it was like, oh, you English do this, don't you? So, um yeah, but uh, my my film going companion said if he was ten years young, ten years older, then they should have been quite interested. So uh, that was a bit alarming. But he, d- you know. he does have some bizarre clothes as well. So Harry Styles, but he's, I've got no from One Direction and some of his songs. So there you go. Wow. As I say, if you'd like to replace Matt Gerard as the host of the <laughs> Kent Only podcast, uh, bring please tell me your music taste and send me a message on Twitter. I'm only joking, of course. Uh, right, let's get on with the show, the proper then, and we're going to start with a league that it seems in my head has been our last port of call in the last few weeks at the Isthmian League Southeast, with teams having played almost half the games of some of our other divisions and cup fixtures getting in the way time and time again. It's it's been it's been a pretty tricky start and that's certainly the case for our first guest of this week. Uh, Jack Midson took over at Sheffield United on the eve of the new season. After a slow start, Healing Side seemed to be finding their feet at step four. On Saturday, 2-1 winners at League Leaders Ramsgate. Matt spoke to the Ajax player boss early on today. Yeah, yeah, very happy with the end result. It was a bit of a, a scrappy game, especially first half, um, but it sort of worked in our favour and, and broke up their play and then when we got it, we was good on the ball and ex- expressed ourselves going forward rather than just thinking about a defensive display. I suppose being a manager, you bring off a guy from the bench and he scores two within ten minutes. Uh, kudos <laughs> to the manager, is it? Yeah, yeah my first signing as well. Oh, right. <laughs> I must have deserved that uh, manager of the week <laughs> <laughs> for that reason only. Yeah, it is, it is tough. Obviously, we've we've given people chances from last year, been loyal to them. Um, you now some of them, unfortunately, will have gone and will have to go. When we've brought players in that more capable of playing at this level and there's only so long you can leave it and, and be loyal and then you sort of need to uh, cover your own back and, and do what's best for the football club. What, what, what would you say the main differences is a Scaffold and, and in the Isthmian uh, South East Division? Yeah, I think um, it's a little bit of quality but it's mentality as well. Because last year, especially us and Chatham, we're, we're turning up thinking we're going to win every game. Um, even if we went 1-0 down, we, we knew we would come back and, and try and win the game but we sort of had that mentality a little bit at the start of the season against Beckenham and Sittingbourne. You know, we thought we had to go and score in every attack and we just leave ourselves open and, and you get punished more um, defensively. You make one mistake and you one nil down and it's very hard to get back into the game. So I think our, our mentality is, is shifting slightly um, and if we do get the first goal, normally you, naturally your confidence lifts and start playing your free-flowing football rather than being one nil down. 
I suppose you're, you're in a difficult pre-season with the manager leaving on the eve of the season. So, did you, were you expecting it to be a difficult start to the campaign with that? Uh, yeah, I knew it'd be tough. I knew it'd be tough, and you now people saying, "Oh, it's not, it's not my squad." Well, it's not my squad, but it's a very good squad, and you know, although I've made a couple of changes, you know, the majority are more than capable of doing well in this league. So, um, it was a sort of there was players and staff, and people didn't know if they were staying or leaving, but. I'm glad we managed to keep hold of sort of 80, 90% of the of the squad and the staff. Um, we didn't have the greatest start, but hopefully we've got a good run going now. Um, all seems positive at the minute. I, I'm never too high and never too low, so I know it can change pretty quickly, but you know, things are good at the moment. We need to keep that same mentality in the changing room and during training, and that's now transferring onto the pitch. Look at it, you've only played six league games. The season must be going at least eight weeks. How frustrating is that that You've only played six games, you know, successful in the Cups, maybe that's has stopped that. But is yeah. it a little bit disappointing you haven't got any momentum in the league? Yeah, a little bit. And I think that was what it was at the start of the season because we were Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Not just the the Cup matches with the uh, with obviously the trophy and FA Cup. And we were having replays in every one. We had three replays as well. <laughs> so it was only, uh, only had ourselves to blame in a couple of them. Um, but you know that didn't help with getting any any sort of uh, rubber the green. You know, players a little bit tired, couldn't have a fresh start. But you know the cups are the cups are the cups, and you give one hundred percent. But then yeah, that does does affect your league form slightly. Um, even beating our beating um, East Grinstead, and then the next game was off. <laughs> so you couldn't even get a, a Tuesday game, and then the next Saturday was off. I'm just thinking now we want a good run of of games and we're winning and it didn't come but you know, it is what it is you have to you have to take every game as it comes and be ready when they come um, yeah I think we've had a we've played the top teams as well towards the top of the league and Whitehawk Ramsgate we've got VCD again yeah. so you know, if we can do well against these teams then you know, in the long run if we are out of the cups then we can concentrate on the league your bread and butter and start picking up some points and climbing up that league where we should be I suppose the league, you know, it's in its embryonic stage, really, thinking about it, because everybody hasn't played that many amount of games. So, as you know, a couple of wins on the spin, you've you've had back-to-back wins in the league. Uh, well, uh, you're unbeaten run in the league, two up, three unbeaten, I think it is now. If you can keep yeah. that going, you're yeah. going to move up the table. Yeah, yeah, we know. This, as I say, we was a bit naive at the beginning of the season. So, you know, Beckenham were good, but, you know, we were, we were drawing. I think it was even leading at one point, and then we had a player sent off and, we had a sort of four-minute spell where we should have won the game, and they went down the other end and, and scored, and we lost. <laughs> we lost to them, and then sitting ball we played. It was, probably didn't deserve to win the game, but you know, if it was a bit a bit cuter in our head, you know, you take a point there. But we we started very badly second half and getting an easy goal. And then and then it's hard to score against teams like that. So you know, we have a bit naive, but we should have been higher, but we're not. So you know, you need to you need to only blame yourselves and. Like I say, if we can start picking up the points that that we deserve, doing the right things, then we should start climbing that table. Um, and I think they'll start evening themselves out um, towards Christmas time with Seven Oaks sort of, sort of down in, in that area. But I expect them to have, go on a good run and be higher up as well. Yeah. Um, you... yeah, there's a few that will drop off. But, you know, we just concentrate on ourselves, start notching off the points, one points and three points, and, and start getting up in that top half where, where we know we're capable of being. Personally, player managers are sort of 
20 odd years ago, you, there quite a few around, probably not, there's not many yeah. these days. How difficult is it to to um, manage both playing and managing? I presume it's quite hard. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And, you know, people say, and, and I'll, I'll verify that as well, that, you know, to do this job permanently, properly, then I can't do both. Mm. Um, you know, I've helped with uh, Chris McGinn coming in, which has given me a bit more freedom to play and have the extra voice and the extra eyes on the side. Uh, so that's given me a bit of freedom to play. And at the beginning of the season, I I didn't start, but, you know, games weren't going great. So I, I was planning on putting myself in, but we kept having false changes, false subs. So I couldn't get myself on. But, you know, and after we went out of the Cups and we, we hadn't got many points in the league, I, I started playing myself in more of a deeper role than I really want to play. I'd like to play higher up, but, you know, sort of one up and one in behind suits me. Um you know, I'm not a naturally defensive player, but especially for the team and being a manager, you have that added responsibility to do a job for your team. Um, but, you know, I came on, I scored a few goals and then playing myself back into the team. Perhaps <laughs> I yeah. should miss and I don't have to play. <laughs> yeah. What is your, you know, yeah, when you, I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. When you're on the pitch, are you analysing every single player when you haven't got the ball? Is he in the right position? When you, is I, I think you do a bit, yeah, obviously getting, getting older, I'm getting on a bit, you know, trying to catch my breath first but <laughs> uh, no, I actually look after myself and, and work hard for the team um, but yeah you know Chris said it to me the other day you, you can't do everything no. so I'm on the pitch trying to manage he said you know organise but you need to concentrate on your own role because I'm sort of tearing around and talking to people and and then forgetting about my own role in there so as I say it's working at the minute and you know, no disrespect to sort of the scaffold league and, and obviously some of this league it is capable of doing, but if you're going to go any higher up and like I say, doing it permanently more seriously, then it's very tough to do both. But we've got some good players coming back to match fitness and players back from injury. I've got squad selections to make, so you know I won't be playing every Saturday, every Tuesday, so we can rotate the squad and you know I can play and organise in certain roles when when the time's there. So it's working out alright at the minute. We've had a couple of little niggles recently, so we just need to manage that and. Maybe strengthen the squad. Maybe one or two might come in in the next couple of weeks, but that's mainly just to strengthen and have good competition in all areas. Really interesting chat, that one, Matt. And I think the thing that struck me while I was listening to it earlier on was that he spoke more like a manager than a player. If that make, Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I seem to gather that he probably doesn't really want to manage. But when I when we seen him play, I don't know, how would he... Again, is he 38, 39? He was, he was quality in the scaffold when I saw him play. He, 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 and again, maybe playing in the in the, the role he's got at the moment, what he said there in the 10, he could cause problems. He is still a good player, but clearly I think he wants to make a success in the managerial um, part of his game. Um, and, and probably he can't do that by playing on the pitch. But the result of the weekend um, shows that they may be going in the right direction and you know, we said to them they had a poor start to the season. Again, admittedly, we, I didn't bring up they lost 8-0 in the FA Cup to Lewis as a bit of a, well, a major blip. But six games gone, two wins, two draws, two defeats. That's not too bad, really. I'm beating three in the league, um, going in the right direction. And we thought they'd have a good season and probably look at the upcoming fixtures. The next three will show where they're going to be about, I think. Yeah, I think it's... 
we, we discussed this quite a lot, really. And, and you asked him there, what's the difference between step four and step five? And, and I think, you know, that th- there is a bigger gap than we previously thought. I think we always thought, well, you know, we've got a really strong step five league and our team just tend to go and do well. Um, but it's just a bit of it, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know sometimes these teams come up and you think they're gonna they're, they're gonna fly. And I think everyone thought Sheffield United, well, they're on the crest of a wave. They've got a good strong squad, but he doesn't feel that way about it at the moment, does he? And and, and it's interesting to see how they're gonna how they're gonna keep going. But I thought it was one really interesting point that he said there was when do I stop being loyal? You know, mm. loyalty to the players from last season only goes so far. How do I make sure that I'm doing the right thing by the club. And I think he's slowly turning it around in the way that he wants it to be, isn't he? Well, I think what you said, it wasn't his squad as well. So um, I think more signings will come in. Other players will go out and get his stamp on it. Um, Clearly, he thinks he can probably manage higher up the levels. Sheppy, with the support, probably can support in the level above. Um, Yeah. A great result against Ramsgate is a good result. Ramsgate doing very well. Um, hadn't been unbeaten. Their home form was great. Um, s- slowly but surely getting there. Again, hard job being a football manager. And I, I would be surprised after listening to what he said there that by Christmas, I can't believe that he's going to be playing much, but he's got to find a player in to replace him on the field, which is maybe easier said than done. That's the hard thing about being a player manager, isn't it? In terms of, you know, he didn't want to play himself, but then he kind of feels he has to play himself. But especially as you get older, I suppose, where do you know that you've got to, to draw the line? I mean, we saw it with Andy Hessenthaler. You know, he was still playing on uh, for, for years and years and years as a player manager. And he said player managers were more in vogue 20 years ago. But as he said there, if he wants to do this long term, he knows he's got to do it as a, as a player, as a manager only. So I suppose he's just got to make sure that he gets in the, he gets in the right mindset. But... It was interesting when he said, you know, there have been times where I've been out of position because I've been walking around trying to do it. And that's why I'm, I suppose that's where I was going with the first thing I said to you after the after we heard that interview in that, you know, he, he he's thinking like a manager rather than the player who's a manager. He's thinking like a manager who happens to play as well. And and I guess he's he's done well to make that transition so quickly. Yeah, I don't know with any um, bat and leaving at the beginning of the season. Well, just before the start of the season. Um, I know he'd been working with Sammy Moore before, so he had been some sort of assistant manager sort of role. But I think maybe assistant manager is a lot less work, not 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 less, not less work, but a different role as the manager when you you're the man who's got to make all the decisions. So um, maybe it took him a while to get used to that. Um, and Sheppy getting used to that as well after the the years of Ernie Batten. But yeah, I, I think it's a it's a tough one to ask. I cannot believe we'll ever see a, you know, the, the days of player managers in the football league are probably long gone. So very surely if you'll see it at this level, but I think he's right. He's got to concentrate on the other part of his game of now, right. I am a manager and think, but he can still do a job, but it, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a difficult balance but because of course what he doesn't want is the results go wide and he's not scoring goals on the pitch as well. He, he, he's got to think about the team rather than himself, but, in that interview, I think he is thinking about that and knows he can't go on forever. Yeah, absolutely. Was a, I would say I really, really enjoyed that. I was actually, I actually listened to it in the car. Uh, plugged it in. I was driving somewhere and I plugged it in. Uh, plugged my phone in because I've got one of those fancy hand-free uh, radios, as Pete, I think we've mentioned before. 
And I was just listening to it going along and I was like, you know, he's making some really, really interesting points. So thanks to Jack uh, for his time uh, on that one. Uh, Saturday's other games in that division saw a first defeat of the season for Beckenham as they were beaten 2-1 at home by VCD Athletic. Uh, Dan Bradshaw's goal 12 minutes from time gave Chatham a 1-0 win over Corinthian. Sittingbourne 2-0 winners at Haywards Heath and it was 0-0 when Hythe hosted Littlehampton. And Sittingbourne then moved up to second in the table as they won 3-1 at Cray Valley on Tuesday night. A very, very good week for Nick Davis's men, Matt. Absolutely, yeah. Again, Nick Davis, when he was at Sitting Ball before, they had a fantastic start to the season. I think um, when we first first year of the pod, I were they top of the table this sort of time? Um, and then it sort of drifted off. But Nick Davis is an experienced manager. It's a fantastic result against against Cray Valley. Sneaked into second position. Um, we know they got rid of Darren Blackburn in the summer. But I think, you know, the basis was there a little bit for Sitting Ball last season. I think they had a good season, really. I finished their top 10. But now uh, Nick Davis, with his contacts, um, bringing it on a little bit more. Uh, and interest to see where they uh, they go from there. But, yeah, second pl- second place. And, again, we know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident saying a Kent team's going to win this league this year. Yeah, it's looking good at the moment, isn't it? With uh, Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's, I think it's, the top sorry, well, four we're all Kent teams at the moment, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, six... Six out of the top seven are Kent side, so you know I wouldn't say I wouldn't know which one's going to win it, but I'll be shocked if they don't um, uh, from that. So a very strong Kent, but again, as we know, the derbies can how to get you know work against you at some times. But yeah, a really good division for our Kent sides this year. Um, and again, there's a few sides I expect to do a little bit better. We expect Sheppard to get up there, Chatham doing doing okay as well, and Hive. Well, again, problem is, as I mentioned in that interview, Hyde have only played five league games and we're up week nine of the season. So hopefully we can have a bit of a run now. Get At least by Christmas, we'll know where everything is. because It's still very early doors in this division uh, with the amount of games teams have played. That's ridiculous because you've got Dartford have played 12 league games already. You know, and that's what I don't, that's that's what's so hard about the Eastman League at the start of the season. It is a slog and these cup competitions are fairly important. The FA Cup is particularly important for, for our teams. Um, and and you know it's ridiculous that we've got teams. Some teams we cover some teams on this podcast that have played twelve league fixtures, and then we've also got some that have played five. It, it's well, and like... again, Hyde have only played two home games in that time. And again, I can't I can't remember how many they played many in the in the cup competitions. But that's not good for a club as well, is it? Really, bringing the money in for that two home games and the season started what two months ago. I don't know. We have the same issue. They must. They must be able to do something about this to sort of get the the league games going when it's better weather as well. On Saturday, it's Ashford against Cray Valley PM. Hyde travel to Chichester. Corinthian are at home to Burgess Hill. Ramsgate head to East Grinstead. Faversham host Lansing. Chatham go to Hayward Heath. Sitting one on the road for the third time in a week as they face three bridges. And VCD in third place host Sheppey United. Then on Tuesday, Chatham against VCD. Hyde at home to Beckenham. And then on Wednesday, Seven Oaks Town take on Corinthian. Uh, word for Corinthian, actually. After last week when they played in the Velocity Trophy and played nine-man Sittingbourne uh, and failed to win that game, uh, a big morale-boosting win for them on Tuesday night in the Kent Senior Cup. We don't normally mention what's going on in the Kent Senior Cup, but for Michael Golding, his team haven't won in the league all season. Imagine just how important that victory is going to be for them. They've got a chance to win on Saturday against Burgess Hill. It's just a huge confidence boost for them. And, and you know, I, I speak to Michael fairly regularly and, and he says it's been so frustrating for him this season, but football's all about confidence and hopefully they can build on that win against Hyde. 
Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, I looked at the the side. They played strong team against it. So, yeah, it's all about getting the thing. We don't want any of our sides relegated. We knew Corinthian would be a tough season for them, but hopefully, fingers crossed, home against Burgess Hill, then get that first important uh, league win of the season. It was the FA Trophy on Saturday for some of the rest of our Eastman League sides. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, listeners, it didn't go well. Only folks and Victor made it through and they needed penalties uh, to overcome Whitehawk and book their spot in the first round proper. Uh, Ashford went out 2-1 at home to Kings Langley. Margate beaten 2-0 at Billericay. Cray Valley lost 4-3 on penalties at Carl Shelton. Faversham also lost on penalties 4-2 after a goalless draw at Greys. Uh, Cray Wanderers lost 3-1 at Hanwell Town. Herne Bay beaten 2-1 at home by Bishop Stortford. Seven Oaks lost 1-0 at Lewis. As I say, Folkestone, in the only team in the hat for the next round. Uh, they're at home to Horsham in the next one. I think it's the round after this one that uh, your team will be involved in that. Isn't it right, Matt? Yeah, they come in um, Yeah, the next round after that. So, middle of November, I think it is. So, uh, we mentioned that again. We'd have had a lot of replays there, John, as well, wouldn't we? Because a lot of teams went out on penalties uh, and won on penalties in that. So, Maybe it's a good decision not to have uh, replays in that competition. As just as I said, that league games should probably take uh, precedence. But yeah, not the greatest. Um, um, we've had some good times in the cup competitions, uh, particularly in the FA Cup this season. But FA Trophy, it's absolutely killed all our teams, hasn't it? Apart from Folkestone, whose cup run is great at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, both Margaret and Herne Bay bounced back from their trophy disappointment on Tuesday night, though, with great 1-0 winners at Corinthian Casuals and Bay getting a fine win over Lewis. Four first-half goals set up a 4-1 win that took Ben Smith's side up to 18th in the table. Really good result uh, for them. Lewis just a point and a place above Herne Bay, so that's a, a bit of a surprise for for another show, Tony Russell and his side. Joe Taylor did score uh, Lewis's goal in that game, though, from the penalty spot. Uh, this weekend, Bay didn't have to travel either, did he? On the way home. No, exactly. <laughs> Right result for him. Uh, this weekend, Bay travel to Bognor Regis, Margate home to Canvey Island, Cray Wanderers head to Potter's Bar. Then on Tuesday night, Folks and Victor head to Corinthian Casuals, Herne Bay at home to Billericay, uh, and Cray Wanderers then host Brighton Sea Regent on Wednesday. Uh, so far, I've carefully avoided the FA Cup being this weekend, but we're going to be discussing it shortly. So let's just remind ourselves of the fixtures for our Kent sides. Uh, Beckenham host Dagenham and Ribbridge, Folkestone travel to Merthyr Town, Bromley are at home to Hereford, Maidstone travel to Needham Market, Ebbsfleet United take on Seven Oaks. Uh, Fleet continued their excellent start to the season with a 5 0 win over Taunton Town on Saturday, and off the pitch, they've also put in the planning permission for their planned stadium works. With the chance to get into the FA Cup first round two, it felt like a really good time to catch up with Fleet CEO Damien Irvine. And I start by asking him about their start to the National League South season. Very, no, very, very, very happy with it. As as I say, John, you know, we spoke very early on, I guess, in our plan here and our project, you know, it was nearly two, nearly three years ago now. Um, so the start of this season is really a, a result, I guess, of the last two and a half years of, planning and sort of growth in terms of our recruitment and um and, and certainly Dennis it's really um you know getting to know the the local leagues and uh putting together his program in the club we, we work very closely on that and so the, the start to the year is brilliant of course it is just a start and I guess the overriding um thing we're trying to drive now is that that is just a start with the first 10 games have gone and we've got um we've got a couple more blocks to do before we can really sort of say that it's been a success yeah, and obviously you've got a team breathing down your neck and having a more to live with. So it looks like it's going to be a really interesting battle. I mean, normally if someone's got as many points as you've got after 10 games, you'd be well clear. But it's not. It's a long way from being done done and dusted, isn't it? Well, it is. It definitely is. And um, so we can't really um, 
we can't legislate for or, or worry about other clubs. Obviously, we've got a game coming up against Hobart um, in the not too distant future, which will be an interesting game. But, you know, hopefully, it's still a top of the table clash at the time. But um, it'd be. Uh, very unusual for there not to be other strong clubs and strong starts in this league. There have been traditionally over the last few seasons, there's been a couple of sides that have had a really strong start. Um, so I'm sure they're very happy with where they're at and as are we. But um, it's, you know, it's a cliche, but there is so far to go at the moment. And we were saying the other day, it's really like saying you've had a great week, but it's only Tuesday afternoon really. And uh, we've got the rest of the week as far as the season goes to really um, continue on with what we planned. Uh, you've got the FA Cup this weekend. Uh, uh, a home tie is all you can ask for at this stage, isn't it? Especially against a team uh, fr- from a lower level. But Seven Oaks have been have been really good, haven't they? Fantastic. You know, we, we were really glad with the, the draw uh, to be a, a Kent, um, a local local side again, who have done ever so well and very well organised. Um, you know, Bath are a good side, and 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 they had a great result um, there. They they played well. Um, they're a very well-organised club and great people, and so we're really glad for the draw. Um, it's exciting, it really is, but it's um, it's obviously dangerous, and we're working very hard and have been working very hard on looking at them and, and planning, as Dennis and Chris do, to be fair, every every game and every opponent. So really exciting weekend and um, really glad for it. How important is the FA Cup to, to what you're trying to achieve as a club? Because it... it... If you get into the first round and you get a big tie and, and you're at home, or you could get on the TV, and it helps spread the word of Ebb Street United, doesn't it? Well, the FA Cup's wonderful, it really is. And we, um, you know, we, we got through to the first round last year, and Dennis really enjoyed that that first round away at Leighton Orient. Um, and you know, obviously, to try and progress as far as you can, the FA Cup. It's always been our our goal and ambition. We're not one of these management teams who we, you know, sort of. Take give cups a back a back seat. We we, we we want to and plan to win games every time we roll out. Uh, we build a spot of depth that we feel is is capable of, of doing both um, in 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 the cup and in the league. And touch wood, I mean that's that's been the case to date. Um, we've gone to this stage in the late qualifiers, um, but you know we don't want to look too far past this weekend because Seven Oaks are very very good football inside. Uh, away from on the pitch action, crowds are, are looking good, and and it seems that there's a real feel good factor as well with your women's team making a real success of things as, as they've moved over as well. It's been brilliant. They've done really, really well, and um, they're flying. Uh, our crowds, our and, and our traditional season ticket holders that have come down and are spending Sunday afternoons down here now is wonderful to see. Um, the crowds have been reflected, obviously, in the men's um, men's games as well. You know, nearly fifteen hundred here. Um, last week with a with a wonderful following, but a small following to be fair from Torn, who made a long trip, was a really good indication. Um, we'll get a good indication again this year, uh, this week. I'm sorry, with with an FA Cup round, obviously, because season ticket holders all all have to purchase and come down. But coming from a base of sort of 946 in 1920 season, just prior to COVID, albeit in the National League, that was um, really really positive, and we're we're really thankful and grateful for the supporters for doing that. And and to be fair, the players. Work so hard, and, and, and Dennis has, has got them so well drilled that they're delivering on the pitch in a nice brand and an entertaining afternoon. Um, so it's working very well at the moment, John, and, and long may continue. And of course, the, the the main reason I wanted to have a chat with you is about the, the, the stadium plans. We, we've seen clubs before announce that they've got plans for stadium, but you've not hung about with this because it's already gone in for planning applications. So it's obviously something that the club is very serious about happening very soon. It's very important for us. Um, 
when we conceived this plan, we got a property partner in, involved and interested that it, it wasn't something that dragged on. I think, um, you know, fans at our club supporters have seen a lot of false dawns and a lot of different things over the years. And, and we're not interested in, in just talking or you know, having another project floated and mooted and talked about for a long time and not come through. So it, it was done on the proviso that we expedite things very quickly. There's also a, a rationale behind that, a business rationale. Uh, long planning applications spend and cost a lot of money, John. So, you, you know, the idea is to get the best in, get them done in a succinct manner, get them lodged, um, and, and we'll, we'll know in the new year about the success or otherwise of that. But we're very confident in the team we put together. Um, it's not just about football. I know there's a lot of talk around, well, why would you contemplate an 8,000-seater? You know, as we just talked about, our, our crowd's around 1,500 at the moment. Um, and albeit in four years' time, we, we would hope that's grown again. Um, it's not just about football. I think to, this is a concept that is community-wide and an 8,000-seater during summertime for for concerts and events and in wintertime, carols by candlelight or, or opera events or whatever that is, is, is a really big part of the business model in making football clubs at our level successful. Now, not every club wants to go and build a multi-precinct 8,000-seat um, stadium. I, I get that, but we're very lucky to be in a council area in Gravesham which is very proactive in terms of trying to regenerate areas that need it, provide housing, uh, provide jobs. And, and um, so this, this plan is very much a a tripartite plan which we're, we're very confident on and really super for the football club because it'll mean we can keep being right on home here at Stonebridge Road but but have uh, non-core revenue support the club as opposed to, to private ownership which over the years has, has been required to, to stay afloat. When it comes to, to building the stadium, what will be the impact on where you currently are? Is there a possibility you might have to play somewhere else for a little bit or, or what's going to happen? No, we definitely will. We will be moving, and that was from the first meeting we had with supporters prior to lodging applications or even starting planning. To, uh, we, we will have to relocate. Uh, We've budgeted a two-year ground share relocation. Um, there's no point saying one year, but it probably falling into a second year. Um, so we'll, we'll relocate. The ground is still going to be here on Stonebridge Road, but slightly on a different um, a different position. It turns around a little bit. So no, we, we will be relocating, and um, talks are ongoing around where that will be. But our preference will be obviously to stay in Gravesham Borough Council area where we can. And, and you say, you know, about 8,000-seater stadium. It's one of those things, isn't it, where I think we've seen with other clubs, not in the county necessarily, but if if a club has the the right facilities and it looks like an inviting place to watch football, then the crowds do automatically go up, don't they? They do. Um, they do, and sometimes they don't. You know, it, it depends. You know, you've got examples like MK Dons. And, um, but, but realistically, up to Upper League One, early championship, is, as Wickham have found, six to 10,000-seat stadiums are, are big enough for, for, for good EFL futures or, or National League futures, as, as Notts County and, and Wrexham are showing. Um, and I think that the main one there, you see other clubs, it's really interesting for us as a club what the future holds in terms of the non-football stuff. As I said, you know, Stevenage, Doncaster, they host six to eight concerts every close season, you know, uh, of a variety of different performers or events or monster trucks or whatever that might be, which are good grossing things and they don't interfere with football and, and they're a very big part of it. So um, that's interesting. And I think then the crowd comes as well because people that ordinarily wouldn't have visited Stonebridge Road because they might not be football people within the local community will get to know the club and they're engaging and spending money at the club um, despite not being a football person. And that's where the future lies in a lot of revenue streams. And obviously talking about revenue, that the club's financial figures continue to 
Uh, it looks like you've turned the corner, I suppose, but the, the, the headline figures are always quite negative, but, but you, you are moving in the right direction. Yeah, we're, the club has banked losses for, for a long time, but we, we know that in some big numbers. Um, uh, each year our accounts come out and people do their search and they go, oh, you know, there's another football club that's lost lost millions. Well, um, it's down below two million well now and, it, and it's going down by hundreds of thousands every reporting period. And that was a task, wasn't it, three years ago when I came in to, to do that? You can't turn around a two million pound loss overnight. It just doesn't happen. Um, you need time and discipline and it needs to be a slow burn. And uh, everyone at the club is participating in ensuring doing that as are the supporters in supporting us um, and, and coming along for the ride. So that's going the right course. All, all you really want on that, Todd, is to keep going the right direction, um, keep cutting losses where we can. That's been done, to be fair, over a, a pretty tough period during the COVID period as well. So it's a it's a, it's a it's a task to date, which is ongoing, but it's been successful and it's it's a credit to everyone involved. Um, we've just got to keep going in that in that right direction. And um, as I say, you'll never get to a perfect zero losses situation in football. I don't know many clubs that do or can. Uh, the idea is to get it to as sustainable a lower level as possible, um, where the threat, if there's any core cash flow issues from where that money's coming from, if there's any national or international events or business events or illness or anything that might take place that, that means that the cash flow can't come every month, the idea is to be in a position where that doesn't become critical then, where you can still manage through. And so reducing that year-on-year -year loss is a big part of what we're doing every year. Uh, and obviously you personally, you say you've been at FC, what, three years now? You still enjoying it? And, and the people of Kent still making you feel welcome? They're incredible. No, they really are. And to be fair, our supporters are wonderful, our corporate partners. Other clubs, you know, we, we, we're great rivals on the pitch, but the Kent football and community at all levels, from step one down, um, I don't want to disclude Jules either in that, but, but, but all, all the clubs, are, they're good football families. We help each other. And, uh, um, we talk behind the scenes and we really do our best to try and get everyone's crowds up and to work well. So it's been it's been really good. And I know we, I think we first talked two and a half, three years ago, and I think one of the... The key there was um, it was all a bit new and it was all a little bit um, uncertain, I guess, from your point of view and other people in Kent as to what my plans were and what the club plans were, given the, the recent history before that at the club. And obviously we brought Dennis in at the time and um, you wouldn't believe it's been you know, two and a half years almost to, to getting on there that Dennis has been at the club. And uh, we did commit to the project and the plan. We knew what we wanted to do at the time. And um, as we sit here today, we're... We're on that right path and things are going as we'd hoped and planned. So, as I said, that's continuing on that, that on and, and getting that promotion back for supporters who, who, you know, we got relegated there in the in the COVID period is a very big part of what we want to try and achieve and just set the record straight. Uh, there's a man, Matt, who knows what he's talking about. And you can only, when you listen to that, you can only feel excited for Ebbsfleet United and their supporters because that club seems to be in good hands and going places. Um, I think um, he said everything what you wanted to hear if you're an absolute fan. And clearly, the main aim is on this to make sure you utilise the facilities you have on things all round for the football. What he mentioned there, you know, he mentioned about good question when you said about, the, you know, whenever time they come out about the money, it comes out they've lost that certain amount of money. But clearly, Damien knows how to run football clubs for the clubs he's, he's worked with before. And doing a fantastic job there. The gates are up, the football's up, the decision to appoint Dennis Katrib, even though it made us gasp, 
um, seems a very good, wise decision. And they're doing absolutely fantastic this season. Um, and only going in one direction on, on, on that way. The big, You're on commission the to mention one up. direction on this week's show. Yeah, you have mentioned about that a few times, haven't we? But yeah, I think, um, yeah, they're going, they are... If you're an Epstein fan, you know, they've had problems financially with the My Football Club um, and with the owner who's been there a number of years, hasn't really brought the success maybe the investment has deserved. But you're listening to them, what they're going to be achieving, what they're going to be trying to do. 8,000 Stadium, making it a real hub of the community. It seems fantastic. fantastic. And I have to say, Damien clearly knows the way to do these things. And again, I like the bit they're, they're going to push it through because they know how long these things take. And once you get the process, if you get that, they can move on there. It seems a massive build if they're going to be away from uh, Stonebridge Road for two years. I presume what he said there, they'd want to share with Dartford, wouldn't they? In the area. That's sort of sort of mentioned. There's nowhere else for them to share, is it? They did that. Well, they yeah, I mean, share the only other place that's sort of in that immediate area, I suppose, it would be Punjab or... Uh, Corinthian or something like that, which which wouldn't be suitable for for the level of football that they're going to be at. And, and I suppose one of the big issues is, you know, what division might Ebbsfleet United be in well, when it yeah. comes to doing this work? So I, I would imagine, yeah, Dartford's got to be the 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 logical option. But who who knows? If, if you're Dartford, do you want to help out Ebbsfleet United that much? No. I mean, they're lovely at Dartford, but you know, would would, would you want to be that involved in that? Well, but again, clearly, there's more as as we're going to see with one of the um, the other interviews, that the key thing is to get the ground used when it's not used for football. And clearly, they've got eyes on concerts and things like that. And I think this could be the a good way of them achieving that. And again, football's moved on a long time since you just turn up on a Saturday to get the clubs in. And I think Damien realised that, the owner realises that, bringing the debt down. And, and it is... I was quite jealous of what they, what was going on there at Ebbsfleet, what they're doing, bringing the community in, and also success on the field and the excitement of a new ground or a newish ground on the facilities they've got. Sounds really exciting. I think Damien is doing a fantastic job. Again, of course, in anything like this, it helps the results, results on the field help as well, and results on the field may help their uh, chance of their planning permission as well, I would have thought. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. The interesting thing was you said, you know, there are people who live in the town who aren't interested in Ebbsfleet United. And and I think, you know, we sometimes get all hit up with this. And I remember, you know, I've been involved in, in football clubs before where it's been like, well, look at all these houses around us. Why aren't they all coming to watch the games of football? Well, because not everyone's interested in football. You know, there might be some people who don't know that that the place is there, you know. And and I guess that's, that's the really important thing that they want to tap into. And, you know, he's, he's looking... What I like there was he gave examples of other clubs and saying, look what they do, look what they do. I mean, I, I, I want to go and see monster trucks at Stonebridge Road, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's it, it was great that he was saying other clubs are doing this, other clubs are doing that. It's really, really interesting to hear it. And and I think, you know, he's obviously come into it and he's he's looked at it from the from the whole town, the whole the whole thing, the whole community, rather than just the football club. You know, we talk a lot about football men and football people and how it's important to have football people involved. But I think actually sometimes seeing that bigger picture is is, is a big part of it. And I guess, you know, we look at some other clubs and think, why aren't they doing that? And, you know, we hear about other clubs that are really stretching out into the community, but most of their work is all just football, football, football. He's talking about 
making that place, Stonebridge Road, the centre of that community. And I think that's an absolutely fantastic aim and I hope they can achieve it. I think that's the only way for clubs at that level to 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 thrive. I think if you get the community heavily involved, um, eventually when you go with Epstein, well, they've got a lot of houses down there, new, build, new builds, aren't they? So if you can attract people to come and it's a the hub of that, I think that that's the, that's the way to go, and they, they seem to have a great great ideas, and fingers crossed that the planning permission can come through. Uh, interesting as well when he said about about the debt. Um, you know, he, he they've always been up very upfront about the financial issues that they're facing, and they're obviously, I suppose, speculating to accumulate. Is is that the right thing to say? Because they're that you know. I don't think Epsom United's playing squad comes cheap, uh, but they're obviously prepared to put that money in and 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 reap the rewards of it going forward. And and I think that's that's a, a really interesting way to do it because other people would look at it and say, oh well, look at these figures. No, we can't afford to do it. We're going to run this on a shoestring. But Epsom, I think they see that they see the massive potential that there is in that club. And of our teams, that they're one of the best equipped to possibly one day get out of this of being on this program, aren't they? Well, again, you mentioned that certain clubs, if you get a new ground, you know. I'll use Burton Albion for an example. When they were, you know, a standard Isthmian Premier League club or equivalent of North, they get a new ground and look where they go from there, don't they? You get more people involved, results come off. Again, you needed a bit, you need a lot of money probably to get promoted into the Football League from the National League. But we know obviously we've got an investor and if they're getting people through the gates, maybe that could be the way forward to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how that one all uh, but again, they've won the league. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, John, normally you'd think they've run the league, but it's going to be really tight when they play Haven in that um, big games coming up. I enjoyed that analogy of it's like saying on a Tuesday afternoon, "Oh, I've had a brilliant week," because you don't know what's about to come. And I thought that was that was a good way of, of looking at it uh, from Damien. And and you know, it's been a fantastic start. And as I said, normally if you've got that many points from what what have they got? Thirty-one points from eleven games. Normally by that you'd be a long way clear, but they're only yeah. a couple of points clear. And that game against Haven, which is looming, will be very, very interesting. Uh, rest of our teams in that division on Saturday, uh, Dulwich Hamlets was the destination for Dartford and they won that one by two goals to one. Welling continued their unbeaten run with a 1-1 draw against Hampton Richmond. Uh, Tunbridge Angels 2, Oxford City 2. And, and it says in front of me, Matt, and I might be wrong, but it says in front of me that Dover Athletic won again. I, I, I don't understand what's going on. Are, are you feeling all right? Uh, three three games unbeaten for the first time since before COVID. So, um, and now we've got no, we're on a run of four consecutive home games. So, um, yeah, it was a good performance at the weekend. The formation he's 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 picked up on Andy Hesantala is a good formation. Um, they've got to follow it up now. Follow it up with another home win, back to back home wins. Doesn't happen for a long time. So yeah, yeah, it's. It was optimistic on uh, um, on Saturday, and as I mentioned before, a couple of people I spoke to went down the hill happy at Crabble, and that, and that's all we've asked for over the last few weeks, the last few years. Uh, this weekend, obviously, a bit of a punctuated league programme with the FA Cup being in the way, but we have got a Kent Derby on Saturday, at Dartford at home to Tunbridge Angels, Dover Athletic take on Slough Town. Uh, Welling United take on St Albans. Uh, no midweek games in that division. So uh, looking at those games, Matt Slough, you know. <laughs> They're one of those teams, they've been in this league since forever, it feels like. Uh, and you'll be looking at thinking that it's, it's a good chance to build on it. And when was the last time you were four games unbeaten? Uh, when I was probably in my early 40s. Um, and I'm not in my early 40s now. No, a long time. No, probably the COVID season when it's 
before it stops. Um, yeah, it's shown a bit of consistency, but I'm not getting carried away just yet. So, um, but yeah, that's what they need to do. Just Slough, I've seen them a couple of times when they in this level, be a good football inside. So, um, don't just Dover just got to be when they get the chances, take them because, um, Braintree had a few chances at the weekend, they didn't really take them, and Dover did. It's got to make sure they continue to be, um, when they get the chances, put them away. And that Kent Derby, Dartford against Tunbridge Angels, that's, that's, that's a big one, isn't it? With the uh, with the darts, um, you know, they're, they're flying up the table. They've played more games than everybody else. And Angels still finding their feet. But Jason Ornals would like to go to Dartford and, and get a result, wouldn't he? Oh, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good game for both teams. Tunbridge waveform has been better. They're still getting used to their home pitch. Dartford, have they won five out of six or six out of seven? Really in good form. Um and they're beating everybody with how they can. So we just have to see from there. I'm maybe thinking that will be a draw. Um, but again, interesting to see. Should be a decent game. Dartford are definitely moving in the right direction. And I think Tunbridge are as well, bringing players in. He's just trying to settle on the squad as well. Jay Saunders bringing players in. And I see they signed Scott Wagstaff last week, who's a, that's a decent signing for him as well. Yeah, I know that they'd lost some of their experienced players, didn't they? They'd lost Doug, Doug Loft and, and yeah. all that. So he was keen to bring in a bit more experience. So, um, yeah, interesting signing, that one. Uh, into the National League now, where um, over the weekend, Maidstone United got a late equaliser as they drew 1-1 against FC Halifax Town. Uh, same score for Bromley in their home game against Gateshead. Uh, nothing like the game up at Wrexham that finished 7-5. I mean, that's even more impressive than when, when your lot lost up there last year. Uh, FA that, Cup... That, they, um, if, if anybody's watching the Wrexham documentary... This started week, watching it today. The, this last week's episode is about... I quite enjoy the documentary, to be honest. I think it's quite good. Um, the one is... Um, Dover's one is this week, and they just get known as the worst team in the league, which is statistically correct. <laughs> so, but they, they, they just show the goals, but the excitement of Wrexham winning, there's nothing about Dover in it. Now, that is a shame because, you know, there's a good story about Dover. It's a shame Ryan Reynolds didn't decide to buy Dover, isn't it? Well, we did something. My co-commentator, Tom Bird, I have to say one thing I forgot to mention, John. Um, his girlfriend plays for Ashford Town Women in the um, FA Cup. Uh, in, in, in the Ashford Town. Last week, FA Cup, she scored eight. And I think this weekend, she scored nine. So she's got 17 goals in two games. He Funny. said... Sign her up. Um, we were discussing this. He thought, what, what, what person would want to buy Dover? Probably the only famous person who comes from Dover is Joss Stone, who came from Dover and went to the, the primary school that used to be behind my nan's house. But I don't think Joss Stone wants to buy Dover. And there's probably not much in it in a documentary for her, is it? But yeah, congratulations to Becky, who scored 17 goals in two games for Ashford United women this last few weeks. She didn't get mad at the match on Saturday or Sunday. When she scored nine, and Tom wasn't very happy about that. Tom, and does congratulations to, like to that. Tom for for nabbing the best striker in in Kent at the moment. Well, <laughs> Becky Von Harl- uh, Becky Harland, I think she's his nickname now. But yeah, they're doing well. Yeah, she's a machine in front of goal. Yep. So these FA Cup games on Saturday, then Matt, we I mentioned the fixtures earlier. Now we've covered all the teams. Uh, we've got some some good ties, some some not so good ties. You're going to Beckenham on Saturday. How, how, yep. how do you see that one playing out? It's, it's a big ask for them, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I, I think it's Beckenham again. Uh, I have to say, the, the, the club have been absolutely fantastic. Plenty sending them in the information from Phil. It's a massive game for the club, absolutely massive. Um, I've got Dagenham, I've got a decent budget. Dagenham score goals, they've got goal scorers. Um, 
Well, like the game I saw them before, they look great going forward defensively. A little bit tough for them. If they can get a replay, I think it'll be a fantastic result. I think that the, the class, gap in class could be too much, but Beckenham do look dangerous going forward. And that and Dagenham defensively haven't been suspect. I'm expecting goals in this game. Let's hope we're in for a bit of a shock, but I think it could be tough for Beckenham, I have to say. And, and what about our two National League sides? Uh, Maidstone, uh, we did discuss that Needham Market played Dartford. It was in the FA Trophy last season, yeah. Needham Market won that. Banana skin for Maidstone, but I, I'd like to think that this Maidstone st- side is made of strong enough stuff to go there and get a result. Oh, if you're Needham Market, probably you're Maidstone one in six, struggling a little bit in the National League, conceding a lot of goals, you're thinking, we've got a chance. Um yeah, it's a bit of a banana skin. It's a no-lose situation for it's a big no-lose situation for Needham Market. A lot to lose for, for Mason if they go out of the FA Cup. I'm sure um, Cup's been good for Mason over the last few years. I know they went out of Darford last season, but before that, they've been regularly reaching the first and second round. So, tough one. Um, I, I think Mason should just have enough. Bromley against Hereford. Hereford are doing quite well this season. Again, another banana skin, but I think Bromley have got too much quality as well. And obviously, folks in Victor, that long trip out to Wales, I, I fancy them. I, I, I fancy them at least to bring them back. Uh, and then obviously the Ebbsfleet Sevenoaks game, which uh, Damien said, oh, such a great draw. I, I kind of wanted to say to him towards the end that, you know, as, as someone who's is, is a big fan of what's going on in Kent football, was he disappointed that they got another Kent team? But he seemed to think that was a really good opportunity for, for, for both clubs. But it's hard to look past an Ebbsfleet United winning that one, isn't it? Yeah, the form they're in. Uh, haven't lost this season. Seven Oaks, fantastic result against Bath. They just need to utilise that again and say, right, nothing to fear. Let's see if we can get a result against Ebbsfleet, which which would be the biggest shock of this, um, one of the biggest shocks of the round if they did get through that. I don't know how how good or Merthyr are. Um, I fancy Folkestone to get at least to bring them back. I think Folkestone have got a good chance. And I think this could be Folkestone's year in the uh, FA Cup for Neil Cuglian. When the draws on Monday, if they're still in it, I'd love for them to get a league club because I think it will be fantastic for them. Yes, of course, as Matt just said there, the draw for the next round will be on Monday and hopefully, well, we know there's going to be one Kent team in it uh, and one of our non-league teams in it. Uh, and um, and hopefully there'll be at least two or three others uh, joining them. Yeah, in let's, that let's hope, hope uh, you know, let's hope we had better than we did in the trophy this weekend that we get a few. Trophies. But I think um, I will say... I think we'll get four, four, three. Oh, that's a, I like that. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying your confidence there, Matt. It's yeah. very, very impressive. Uh, that just leaves with the Southern Counties East League. We're going to start in the first division uh, this this week. I mean, it was the groundhog weekend, which by all accounts was a great success. Lots of goals, lots of action. Uh, but the one result that really stood out over the weekend came at Lid Town. We spoke to Lid uh, two or three weeks ago on the show. Uh, top of the league, flying high. They're at home to Snodland. Snodland, a good side. Uh, Snodland were 5-0 up just before half-time and eventually won the game by eight goals to nil. It's been a not inconsistent start for Snodland. It's been a, it's been a decent start there. They're in and around the playoff places, which is where they want to be. Uh, but they, they, they probably lost more games than they want to have. I think they've lost two in the last four or something like that. Uh, but a, a, a good start to the season for a team that a lot of people are tipping to do very well. And you can't go away from home to the league leaders and win 8-0 or not get yourself on this show. So here is the Snodland Town manager, Luke Walland. Yeah, good result. Um, plan of day was to go and go and get three points. Um, not, I didn't quite expect the eight minute, um, but we did well. Um, took our chances. 
something we've massively been struggling with going through the season so far. We've created quite a lot, um, not took them at the right chances. And, and football's football. If you don't take them at the right chances, the other the other side develops a bit better into the game. And before you know it, they nick one and you're up against it. It was 5-0 before half-time, wasn't it? And I guess that, that once you're leading 5 at half-time, there's kind of no coming back for the opposition, is there? I don't know. It depends. Um, sorry, sometimes, sometimes it can work against you. 5 nil up, you expect to go on and carry on winning and 5 nil finish or, or score more. Um, and it depends on what the manager says at the half-time for the other side because sometimes give them a kick out the bum and they come out fighting. Um, but yeah, 5 nil any side at our level, you wouldn't expect to be, to be losing by the end of the game. You say about what their manager says. What, what do you say to your players when you're 5 nil up at half-time? Uh, to be honest, keep doing the same stuff. Um, enjoy it. Keep doing the right things. Don't let off, because um, obviously what we just discussed could happen. Um, and just keep doing the right things and keep going. It also gives me a chance to... I've got some lads on the bench that might not play as many minutes as they want, um, because we've been our results haven't sort of gone our way totally, as in we haven't been a couple, couple of goals up and easy to make substitutions at times. We've been tight. So I said to the boys, I'm carry on doing what you're doing, knowing in the back of me it would give me a chance to get some of the boys on that probably deserve a few more minutes through the season than they've had already. Obviously, you said you wanted to go down there and win. They're a good side lid. They've been really tight at the back. So you've got to have been delighted with how clinical you were. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they, they got a couple of own goals, um, but we put a lot of pressure on them. Um, and 100% to, to score as many as we score for any side at any level, I think everyone's going to be happy. Um, but also... To, to start putting away what chances we should have done during the start of the season and ongoing, it was nice to see. And it also it gives the boys a bit of a buzz to kick on. I guess the frustration now is you've got a little bit of a wait for your next league game. Yeah, unfortunately, on, on the back of that, you'd like to go for another league game and another league game. But we've got the uh, continued Cup on Saturday against Rochester. And then we've got Whiteleaf in the Vars. We've got Fabersham on a midweek on the 26th. Um, and then I think it's Croydon on the 5th. So we've got some tough games coming up. Generally speaking, you're where you probably roughly want to be near the top, but I guess you want to be a bit more consistent, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, consistency, I would, if I'm honest, I'll keep saying it, would be taking our chances. Um, we've made a couple of mistakes and given sides goals that we lost points on that could have potentially took three or, or took a point. Um, but on our ratio of wins, draws, I was looking I was looking before I got, spoke to you, we've got um, probably one, two... Four wins, a um, few draws and a couple of losses. We've only lost twice, um, but it's just those draws are a bit of a killer. It's, it's very tight at the top, isn't it? What, five points between the top seven? I know it's still very early days. You've only played 11 games, but it looks like it's going to be a, a tight old league again. Yeah, again, like last season, there's, there's sides in there that will beat any side and then go to a lower league side and, and they'll lose. Um, so nothing, I think nothing's set in stone that every, this side's going to win every game because... The teams in the league are all competitive, and sometimes if, if the side that should win doesn't play as they should, then the side that's lower well, ups their game and they, they get the three points. So it's a tough, very tough league. We spoke obviously just after the playoff semi final defeat last year. How hard was it for you to, to, to bounce back from that? Um, it's always difficult, always difficult when you lose in the semi, and, and unfortunately, with the slight mistake we had in the semi. Um, but like I said, we, we were punching above ourselves last season. This season, club has a has an expectation for us to challenge, challenge, try and win the league, or definitely try and obviously get get in the playoffs and promotion. Because um, the club's doing a lot behind the scenes. Um, I mean, they are. I've got permission from the council to extend the stand um, to put it over two hundred seats. With that, at the back, they're going to create a boardroom. 
they're going to create a tunnel for the players to walk out of a first aid room um, and hopefully there'll be a nice little manager's room there as well. You mentioned the Cups obviously this weekend. Where does the Kent Senior Trophy lie in your priorities? You know, Would you like to go and have a good run at it? Yeah, for me, um, everything we're in, I'd like to win. Um, so be, I would treat it no different to a league game or the Vars game. Yeah, the Vars game is a week, a week later. Um, but we've got some players that have had a couple of injuries that will still need minutes, so it's not a case of rest them up. Um, like I said, there's lads on the bench that are more capable of starting. Um, it'll give me maybe a couple of chances to give them some more minutes than they've had. But I'll, we won't be going there. We won't be playing that game to lose. We'll, we'll want to win. And I think with the Vars as well, we saw last year how Stansfeld had a great run in the Vars and that really helped them in the league. So win, winning is a good habit to be in, isn't it? Whatever the competition. Yeah, 100%. It doesn't matter what game you're playing, you want to win because it rolls on to the next week and the next week. Um, it's a better place to be in than losing a couple on the bounce, etc. And then trying to turn that around. Winning winning's the mentality you want going forward. And I suppose just finally, you, know, you say about all the work that the club's doing, it's very clear that Snodland is, is going in the right direction. And I guess it's just tapping into that potential that everyone knows that the town has to support a football club. Yeah, honestly, it's been great. Um, this season, our publicity has been, been good on Twitter, Facebook. Um, I think the word spreading around, around the town that there's a, there's a decent side there now, um, challenging for everything they go for. Um, the ground facilities have been improved. Um, I said, touched about the stand, etc. But they also got an outside area, outside the bar that's great because the amount of people that come to the club and, and want a pint or watch the game, etc., they're enclosing that for the World Cup as well. So that's that's massive footsteps. And yeah, we're, we're getting a good average gate over the season so far. And it's just getting busier and busier down there. 8-0 away win, Matt. I've got nothing else to say about that. But absolutely ridiculous scenes. And, and when I saw that that score on Saturday, I just tweeted out, or when I saw that it was 5-0, I just tweeted out and said, hashtag love the scaffold. Can't argue with that, can you? No, and he was quite... Um, I love how it is. Like all football managers, whatever level it is, you got always a little bit concerned at half time they could get back into it. Yeah, no, nobody saw that coming. Lid have had a fantastic start to the season. But Snodland, what clearly, as he said, took the chances and won the game. Clinical when they had those chances. And that seems to be a th- big thing this year in the games I've seen. That if you can take your chances, you're going to win matches. You have to be clinical when you have the opportunity. And Snodland did feel a bit for Lid and Interesting to see how they bounce back. But again, it's not another club. Interesting what they're going to do with the World Cups on. Just building stuff off the field as well. I don't know how many people live in Snodland, but um, I think, again, coming a bit of a hub of the community, what they can and can't do, what they want to do in that position. So um, I felt a bit sorry for Lid, but Snodland now put down a marker. Now they've got to make sure they're consistent enough to do that. Not 8-0 every week, but win matches every week. Uh, around 10,000 people live in Snodland, 11,000, yep. something like that. So but it's, you know, it, it's, it, I always think of it as, as a, a medium-sized place in, in, in the county, really. And, and I think they can definitely sustain a club at the next level up. And, you know, Luke is, he said to me, he said to me off the record, actually, he said, I'm really enjoying my time at Snodland Town. So I, I think he's he's a very ambitious manager. He knows what he's doing with his team. He's got some really good players in there. And I think they're, you know, we tip them to do very well at the start of the season. And I, and I think that they're, they're going to do it. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, playoffs again, I would imagine for them. And, and you know, fair play to them and, and, and good luck to them. And, and I think, you know, it is 
as he said, you know, word is getting round that there's a football team there. And, and it's very similar to the absolute thing. You know, it's about making sure that people are coming not just for the football and the football is a, is a bonus on top of that. So it's uh, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, again, the point they made there, again, with the World Cup coming up, a lot of clubs are probably going to make the most of it. If we can fill the bars up um, and things like that, and clearly they're going to be doing that um, by up doing the ground. Again, how important is in the scaffold, a few people have had on, they've said how important is your social media, your Twitter, your Instagram to get people in, you know, the younger people in, right, interested, oh, if they're on there getting information out of people, people want to say, oh, we'd like to be involved. So that is absolutely key, is getting your social media up to date, which clearly they are, and getting communities through the door, enjoying your, go and watch your football, have some nice food, have a burger, have some, have a beer watching the game as well. So I think they're going in the right direction, a lot of these clubs and, Snodland as well, doing the ground up. And again, as you said, I'm sure they could uh, support a Scaffold Premier League club. Let's look at the rest of the results in the first division then over the course of the weekend. As, as I say, the ground hop uh, was a great success and all the games we're going to be talking about very quickly uh, as we go along. Uh, but the results in the first division on Saturday, it was Bermondsey Town nil, uh, Lewisham Borough 5. Faversham Strike Force, their first defeat of the season. They lost 1-0 at home to Tooting Beck. We've already mentioned uh, the 8-0 win for Snodland at Lidtown. Lifefield and New Hyde beat Greenways 2-1, and it was Staples minus 1, Rochester United nil. 331 people at that game, which was part of the ground hop. Uh, which I think is absolutely fantastic for Staplehurst Monarchs. So really, really pleased uh, to hear that. Uh, in, the, in the Premier Division, 347 were at Punjab, a record crowd uh, for their Friday night game with Stansfield that's finished 1-1. Uh, and then on Saturday, Beersted 2, Fisher 1, 229 people there as part of the ground hop. Uh, only 46 people at Canterbury against Wellingtown. But uh, those who didn't turn up for that missed an absolute treat as it finished uh, 4-3 to Wellingtown in that game. All the goals in the first 69 minutes as well. Uh, Irith and Belvedere won again, 6-1 winners uh, over Kennington, Nathan Palmer with a first half hat trick in that one. Whitswell Town 4 2 winners at Glebe. Sutton Athletic 1 1 0 at Holmesdale. It was Hollands and Blair 1, Irith Town 2, Phoenix Sports 3, Deal Town 0. Uh, and then on Sunday, as part of the ground hop as well, uh, Rustall 4, K Sports 2, and Tunbridge Wells 1, Lordswood 1. Uh, midweek games as well, a few of them knocking about. Must mention the Kent Senior Trophy actually. Punjab United put nine past Bermondsey Town, uh, who took the lead in the second minute. Uh, and then a Premier Division game on Tuesday night, Whitswell 1. Hollands and Blair too. Uh, and I suppose, Matt, Whitstable, your tips for the top, we've talked about them a few times, but the home form has got to be concerning Richard Stars, hasn't it? Yeah, I think they lost again yesterday. Um, yeah, it's where they where are they in the league at the moment, Whitstable. The league tables I go down. Tenth. Yeah. Eleven games. Well, they ain't drawing him, drawn all season. Yeah, the home form is is dreadful, right? Saw a report of the game yesterday. Maybe they should have should have won it, missed a few chances. But yeah, again, they're 15 points off the top, which is a long way to go. I know they haven't lost any games yet, but yeah, they need to improve that home form. Maybe it's getting used to the 3G. I don't know what it is, but I think the home form wasn't great last year, was it? I think late on the season when they finally won a home game. So yeah, that'll be disappointing. But, yeah, they still get good good crowds there, but yeah. If they're going to do well in this league, you've got to win your home games. You can't guarantee you're going to go to places like Glebe and win every and get a result. So disappointing. But Erith and Belvedere, very, very pleasing for them. Eight points clear at the top, John. Nobody seems to be stopping them at the moment, are they? No, absolutely fantastic starts to the season for them. And, and you know, they're, they're still 100%. Uh, and at the moment, you if you were Erith and Belvedere, you must be looking at it thinking, well, we're unbeatable. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, everybody, uh, and it helps that. Everybody else is around, beating them around them, aren't they? So 
deal losing last week um, uh, to Phoenix, I think it was. So, yeah, disappointing for Deal. So, I've got a bit of soft spot for Deal and thought, you know, I think he'll be disappointed uh, 10 points off the top with, with Eric having a game in hand as well. So, so, the rest of the league needs to start beating Eric to make this maybe a little bit more competitive. Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, there's no league action uh, over the weekend. It's the uh, the Kent Senior Trophy uh, takes centre stage on Friday uh, and Saturday. Friday night, Faversham Strike Force against Phoenix Sports. And then on Saturday, Bermondsey Town against Punjab United, Canterbury City against Tunbridge Wells, Croydon against Glebe, Deal Town against K Sports, Irith Town against Meridian VP, Fisher against Beersted, Greenways against Homesdale, Kings Hill against Rustall, Larkfield and New Hire take on Kennington, Lordswood against Irith and Belvedere, Snodland Town against Rochester United, Sutton Athletic against Lewisham Borough and Whistle Town against Stansfeld. And I like going to the final of the Kent Senior Trophy, but I don't tend to worry about it too much uh, <laughs> at this early stage of it. But some interesting ties there. And I'm sure we'll be keeping a close eye on how that pans out. A couple of games in the first division this weekend. Bermondsey against Punjab again. Oh, that, that was already played, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. That, that was the game they played in midweek. So that yeah, must be a mistake on the schedule. Come on, yeah, Dean. Raise your yeah. game. Come on, Dean. Come on. A um, couple of games in the first division. Uh, AFC Whiteleaf against Forest Hill Park. Tooting Beck against Brydon Ropes. Uh, and then on Monday night, the Challenge Cup's back uh, before Tuesday. Punjab United take on Phoenix Sports in the league. Sutton Athletic against Irith and Belvedere. Another Kent Senior Trophy game as Hollands and Blair take on Lid Town. Uh, exciting week, actually. It's, it's So much has gone on. And I hope that we've... Uh, managed to give you some really good interviews there. We, uh, we, you know, we don't like to big ourselves up, but we do sometimes say, oh, this is going to be a good show. And I think with the interviews that we provided for you there, it's, it's, it's a really, really interesting show. And, and what, what I always love about this programme is we're always bringing different voices on, different stories and everything like that. And, and I think we've had absolutely been on once so far this season. But apart from that, it was all new this season. So it was, it was nice to hear from from new clubs and new voices. And, and you know, I hope that everybody who's listening enjoys the sort of variety that we bring because uh, there's so much going on in our in our lovely little corner of Kent. And uh, I hope that everybody's enjoying hearing from all the different people, you know, because at the end of the day, we could easily chuck together Andy Hessenthaler every week. We could easily get Michael Golding on every week we want to for a laugh, um, especially when they're losing. Um, but, you know, we could we like to give give you the variety. And, and I hope that people enjoy that. And I know, Matt, you enjoy it as well, don't you? Uh, yeah, one of my, part of my job, I do enjoy um interviewing managers and doing the interviews after the game it, it sort of keeps me on my toes and I like to know what goes on at football clubs and things like that of you know the interesting point we found out about the difference between the scaffold and the Isthmian League from um, Jack Midson and as well the the delights of football management and how difficult it must be and again as I say all, all every time I do this pub when you speak to these people this is not a thing that they do turn up on a Tuesday and a Thursday to do the training from seven till nine or whatever it is it is 365 days in a year, 24 hours a day. They're doing, and these managers doing a really, really good job. And they all want to be successful. Um, and wish we'd like all our sides to be successful, but unfortunately, they can't all be at times. No, exactly. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the football chat then. Uh, as I was just uh, alluding to earlier, I've um, been able to watch uh, a bit of the Wrexham documentary. Someone has very kindly uh, given me the, the their login for uh, Disney Plus, which is very handy. Uh, no fee to pay for that one, and um, yeah, very very handy to have that. Uh, to have that, I've already started watching How I Met Your Father because I love How I Met Your Mother, uh, and I watched the first one of the Wrexham documentary, and I thought it was really interesting. You know that they they kind of started doing the documentary before they even had a football club, which I thought yeah. was really really interesting. Um, I think I think I think it's it's good that you know 
they do the bad bits and the good bits. So, um, and you can see how, you know, the Americans lap this sort of thing up and they've become really popular. So, uh, I, I think the they're too, in the too, first too, episode where Rob M- McKellen was saying, I can't understand that like you can be kicked out of the league and you can win up the up the leagues. And it's just like, yeah, this is how sport should work, mate. It's your sport that's wrong. Our sport is right. The only thing, the only thing that bothered me um, with my Kent non-league podcast hat on, which I obviously wear 24-7, um, was that they were talking about the pyramid and that they were kind of showing the pyramid as being the top four divisions. That's not really how it works. The pyramid is actually below the top four divisions because that's where it starts to actually fan out to one, two, four, you know, oh, yeah. but semantics, you know, they're trying to help the Yanks understand how non-league football works. So you say, you know, and then you never know, there may be someone somewhere along the line who thinks, Oh, I really like non-league football. And then just types in non-league football. Somehow if they're in Kentucky, they might accidentally type in Kent. From America, don't we? We do, Miles, yes. I haven't heard from him for a while, but uh, yeah, I hope hope you're well, Miles. I hope all is treating you well uh, out there on the west coast of America, where I think he is. Yeah, no, it looks like it's going to be an interesting series, so I'm looking forward to to watching it as I go along. you know, you have to swap all these things. I think I'm I'm swapping Plus for for Disney Plus, so... And it's good, it's only 25 minutes an episode, so as well. And and, I I think it's... One of the better ones. I do like, you know, it goes to the fans and bits and uh, and the, the stories of various players. So I, I think it's well worth a watch, um, even if you don't like Wrexham. But I hope Wrexham get promoted after watching that. So they've gone into my heart a little bit. Oh, that's sweet to hear. Um, yeah, I've been to I've been to Wrexham a couple of times actually. I went uh, one day. They did a Fans United day when they were really skinny. Oh, yeah. About 2004, I think they were playing Doncaster at home. I think they, they just talk about that with the people who are going to ruin the club, I think. so. Yeah, and, and I, they actually invited anyone who had gone who supported another team to do a lap of honour. And so I, I actually did a, I've actually done a lap of honour of the racecourse ground. So there's something mm. that you probably didn't know about no. me. No. Um, excellent. Uh, yeah, so that, I've been watching that. I've been uh, just I've just been really busy still working. I, had, I actually had a day off on Monday. Um, as I said, I, I spent it down at the beach, which was very nice. Uh, I've got another day off on Friday. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm getting giddy about all this, uh, about all this time off. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's just it's quite a nice time of year actually. You know, as as autumn sort of arrives and and not quite at Christmas yet, even though there's a lot of Christmas adverts this year, isn't there? But yeah, it's uh, um yeah, I, I'm I'm having a nice time at the moment. Well, I'm, I think I'm, I'm I'm quite I think it's um I think it is a nice time of the year. So get through Halloween. You know I'm off for work work for a week because it's half term coming up as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh yeah yeah life's good at the moment, mate. Yes, what I've got to say. Yeah, absolutely. Life is good. Uh, lots of reasons for that, but. Uh, let's just say I've got my uh, a spring back in my step. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Non-League Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Jar. We appreciate anybody who wants to follow us because, you know, why not? Nothing else to do, is there? Um, but yes, we hope everybody has a good week. And of course, massive, massive good luck to all of our teams in the FA Cup this weekend. Let's hope that it goes better than the FA Trophy and that we've got plenty of teams to be talking about on next week's show. Yeah, so thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. I'm on the Bex again.